David. Yep. Sean here. You know, you're good. You're good personal friend, confidant, but, buddy, uh, old pal. Yeah. Fun loving food eating kind of guy. Who doesn't love fun or food? I ordered a pizza at 6.30, knowing that you and I were going to record at 7.30. It is now 8.13, and the pizza has not arrived. And I waited on hold with Pizza Pizza for 45 minutes. Yeah, I'm calling you out, Pizza Pizza. So what you're saying is that you're going to be hangry the entire duration of this show. Which is good, because we've got some uh, some topics, mainly one, that I think is going to take all of our attention. And <laughs> Mr. Ah, oh. Sean, always mute your phone. Oh, let me mute my let me mute my phone there for a second. Yeah, I'll give you some uh, time right after this. <laughs> hey, whether it's your favorite tabletop adventure, movie, or video game, we've got you covered. Welcome to the Seen on Screen podcast with your hosts, Sean and David. To get myself into a better mood, I decided to speak along with the theme song. David, you are no longer the people's champion, but how the hell are you? Well, first off, I, how long has it been since you've been getting that wrong? It's the people's choice. No, nope, people's champion. You just kept changing to the people's champion. They didn't make a wrestling belt for the people's choice. They made one for the people's champion. Yeah, well, I still have it. Uh, I've been pretty good, you know. Um I have been working on a little ditty for us, our is it, listeners. Is it, is it about Jack viewers. and Diane? Is this where this is going? No. Uh, I've been working on some video content for our YouTube channel. No way. Me too, sort of. Yeah. So th- those will be up in the next few days. We, we should be honest with our listeners. Uh, by me working on it, I've just been testing software on the computer. David's actually been working. <laughs> I've actually been doing some stuff. Um, in in all fairness, this PC that was, uh, well, we'll say built for me, ha- has some problems when it's uh, when it comes to keeping power on uh, USB outlets. And I just I haven't gotten around to changing the buses yet. So that's on me. But that's why I've I've struggled a little bit. Yeah, Pro- excuses. I mean, the um, motherboard's what <laughs> four or five years old. It's a pretty yeah, old, probably machine. a little more. Um, well, you know this uh, because I told you about it. But we got ourselves a few Cara Dune Funko Pops. Right, I forgot about this. That was a yeah. bad thing. I should have loaded the music in. Uh, well, it wasn't really that bad. The prices were right. They were about the, ten bucks each. They've already tripled in value. So we look at that. Uh, funny thing. So we were at Toys R Us and I saw this, it was like on a clearance table and I was like, Oh my God, Cara Dune. Those have been like, all of that stuff has been like recalled. Right. So, uh, I looked up the price. It was $10 and 18 cents. And I'm like, Holy shit. So that's when, you know, while well, you know this, I contacted you and we discussed about it. See if we could find some more. So I asked the guy, if they had any more, he's like, yeah, I think we got a box in the back. And I'm like, oh, well, then I would uh, like like another. And he saw the one in my hand. He's like, well, or I was like, I would like one. And he's like, but you have one. And I was like, no, no, I would like another one. 
And he's like, do you want just one or do you want me to see if I can find more? I'm like, uh, well, let's see what you got. You know, meanwhile, I'm thinking, oh, no, I'm turning into those people that I hate the most. The one that go out and clear out a store of content. <laughs> so yeah. uh, we we were on our way to the back and he asked someone if they had any more. And he's like, oh, no, I put I put the rest of those out um, just this morning. So they might be there. So I went back to their kind of like electronic toy section or whatever. And they had all their Funkos on the wall. So, and I kid you not right at this moment as uh, Angela and I were looking, she's like, well, maybe, you know, we'll take another look and a second set of eyes. will we'll be able to find them. So we go up there and this kid, you know, he was probably like 10 or 11. And you can't take from a kid. Oh, you can't. (laughs) That's why you're not the people's champion. He walks up and he grabs one and there was, there was four or there was, yeah, there was four on the, no, there's three on the, the shelf there. Still, he goes up and grabs one, looks at, he's like, I don't even like star Wars, but whatever. And he leaves. And so I grabbed the other ones. I'm like that little bastard. Has a, so his, he takes it back to his parents and they're looking, they're doing exactly what I was doing. Looking at the values of stuff. Right. And so they decided to buy it. I'm like, we're going to, we're going to find that kid in the parking lot. <laughs> I'm going to fight him. They're sold out everywhere. And they like, are, um, is it, um, the, the fungal three twenty seven, right? The one with the little rebellion uh, tier. Let me just double check. But, uh, um, this is the, uh, three fifty three fifty six. Hmm. It was a special edition one, not the FYE one. There's multiple Cara Dunes because there's a 403. You said 356? Yeah, it's the bobblehead one. Um, Either way, not super important, but we we did tell you guys like Cara Dune stuff would become very popular. Yeah, so I, I got one for myself. I got one for you and... I got the third one just because fuck that kid. <laughs> we were out of the store. I'm like, where is he? Where is that kid? Getting my punch and fist ready. I should run across the street and take a look and see. So I was asking, I was talking to the guy there because he seemed like pretty excited. He's like, yeah, I mean, buy, buy them all. <laughs> and he's like, those were uh, when Disney, when Disney uh, fired, what's your face? Um, uh, yeah. And they they kind of wrote off the character and they said that they're not recasting the character, that all that. They actually sent a memo, memo out to retail stores that all of the Cardoon merchandise was to be pulled and sent back to Disney. And so they did that. But then he told me, he's like, about a week and a half later, we got a box of this stuff. And we... He was. He figured that it was sent by accident after, after by accident or after the recall notice like had gone right because so uh, he was like yeah we put them out they had some other stuff there from uh, Funko Con yeah there were, there was a few that kind of really tempted me there and I was just like no 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 but um, I will tell you when you and I go on our next adventure, we should stop in at Toys R Us and see what we can find. You know what? I love going to Toys R Us. Every so often, you can find some pretty, 
pretty good deals. Um, it's funny because we almost didn't go in. The only reason why we went in is because Angela was looking for something for uh, her upcoming little niece. So uh, I was like, every time we go into to Toys R Us, like we find something, she's like, they're just impulse buys. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's never really something that you've planned for. Yeah, um, but this was pretty pretty good price though. Even you know, even if I don't resell one of them, you know, it's it's a rarity, right? Like that is never going to be made again, and it's and it's not discontinued as a decision from Funko to just stop making it. It was discontinued by force. Yeah, right? by the force. By the force. Dun, 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 dun. Um, so just quickly, the last time I went into Toys R Us, I had a bad experience. I was misled by the gentleman I was talking to on the phone. Because I wanted to buy the Nerf Limited Edition Ambin Phase Pulse Rifle. And he said they had one. And I got there, and they definitely had one. Not for me. It was on hold. It's a fucking toy store. Please. Like, okay, if you're going to go buy a cell phone and you're trying to find, like, a specific color or something, sure. But toy stores? Most stores you should, like, you can't call EB. Well, I mean, EB's pretty crooked anyways, but you can't be like, hey, EB, will you hold me that last copy of Cyberpunk 2077? You're like, yeah, we have, like, 80 copies because the game's ass. <laughs> no, they <laughs> would They would say that there's one copy left. And, and they hurry. can't hold it, but and they can't hold it. But really, they're holding it for themselves. And so when you get there, they're like, oh, yeah, we just sold it. Meanwhile, it's sitting in the back. Oh, hello. You can pre-order the the Ambin rifle because it's back. And what What is this? It's the Mandalorian's rifle. And it has uh, its battery power size. Yeah. Um, it will release now August 1st, 2021. So I guess the first run. Uh, Orders are all done, but this is a blaster replica. One sixty nine ninety nine. Does it actually incinerate anything? Uh, no, but you can poke people's eyes out with it. Oh, that that's might as well. Like if that's like the equivalent of incinerating them because they wouldn't be able to see anything afterwards. Do you know what I would? <laughs> you know what we should do? We should buy a copy, or we should buy one, and then we could play together. Then you can poke me in the eye so I don't have to watch the Justice League Snyder Cut. Too late. You already watched it. Yeah. And you know what? All right. You ready to do this? Are are you guys ready? We're not going to put a spoiler alert like we will for Falcon and the Winter Soldier at the end of the episode. Do you know why? Because this movie came out in 2017 or 2018. It came out forever ago. And really, you know, if, if you haven't watched it by now i don't blame you it's a four-hour movie that's a lot of time that i was thinking that is half of a work shift for most people or or longer than a shift at work if you were making minimum wage you would have lost 56 (laughs) dollars watching that movie yeah um how was your sorry go ahead I ended up watching it after work one day because I knew that I would like, I I didn't have time on the weekend to watch it. Um, and I actually had to calculate what time 
to start the movie at so that it wasn't, you know, 2 a.m. by the time it finished. And I'm going to be totally honest with you. I didn't even finish it. I know. I, I talked you through a lot of the movie. The whole goal of our conversation today isn't going to be about reviewing the film. Like, uh, we can give it an honest score at the end of our conversation, but it's more or less to talk about our experiences through it. I believe you got to the end of chapter five, right? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm. So you missed like 45 minutes. Over, yeah, I'm just literally right at the very end. And it was at the point where I was just so drained from watching the movie. Cause it wasn't good. <laughs> So let, let's start off with some real basic information about the Snyder Cut and kind of what we expected. We talked about it a lot last week. The one thing I laughed at because I was listening to our show yesterday. Um, as, as a good boy, I, I like to make sure I listen to our shows to see where I can improve or where can you, you can improve and what we're doing wrong and right audio-wise. And the one thing I laughed at hysterically is you telling me that four by three was okay. <laughs> and yeah, you, <laughs> you messaged me in like a half hour into the movie, maybe. And you're like, I'm switching it to zoom. I'm watching this on zoom, which how I didn't did tell look? you it was, I didn't tell you it was okay. Like it, I just told you that's what the, that's, that's what it is, right? Like it wasn't, you were trying it, not it wasn't to something wrong with your no it wasn't something wrong with your tv or anything like that that's just how the movie came out did you notice and the honestly, i was talking about though no i have no idea i still don't know what you're talking about <laughs> oh wait so you know let me let me try this one more time so you know how your tv had a curved screen right and it was ever so slightly curved at the edge yes so Colors would go through it slightly different before it hit the flat part of your screen, if you had a flat part. But because the old CRTs were all domed, the outside edges would always look kind of like warbly. And when you tra- when you moved uh, 4x3 originally, like on DVD from um, CRT to like LCD even, you would notice that like, the edges were still kind of like, I don't know, like they kind of glowed. They were like flexed up a little. I'm going to, I'm going to stop you right there and still tell you, I have no idea what you're talking about. Fine. Whatever. Be that <laughs> way. Okay. So I started watching this movie and I was like, you know what? Okay, fine. I'll, I'll see if I can view it in the way that Snyder in, designed it, even though he didn't design it to actually be viewed in four by three. He, it was designed to be viewed on an IMAX screen, which is still a widescreen format. And it was, yeah, it was about 10, 15 minutes. And I was like, I can't do this. Like you, it is not a natural thing on a 16 by nine display nowadays. You know, if we were actually watching, uh, like I've watched old episodes, like early season of it's always sunny in Philadelphia before they went HD. And those, episodes were four by three, but they were, that's how it is. Like, and you kind of, I don't know. It's something, it's something weird like that. You know, you, if you watch like an old show, it's, it's fine for it to be four by three. Right. But when we watch movies nowadays, we expect it to be 16 by nine. And 
it just was, it was just such a obvious weird look to the movie that I ended up having to just stretch it (laughs) and it didn't look horrible. You know, everyone's face looked a little more horizontal, but it wasn't, um, it was not stretched beyond a comfortable amount. Like the movie was way more watchable stretched out to a 16 by nine frame because you still had the same height, right? Like it wasn't zooming in at all. So you weren't losing any, uh, any of the video on the top and bottom. It's just being stretched out more horizontally and it made it more enjoyable. And that was probably the most enjoyable part of the entire three hours. Which is funny because in the Justice League versus the Snyder Cut, as how they're being referred to on the internet, the the one thing that was pointed out, and I saw a TikTok, I was going to share it, but it got taken down due to user guidelines. You know that original scene with uh, Diana and Bruce, and in the Joss Whedon um, version of the scene, you definitely see like the the cameras framed on Gal Gadot's ass versus the Snyder cut has it like from the waist up and people like famously have now been talking about how Joss was hard to deal with. He was very demeaning and derogatory when it came to the women on set. Um, Amy Adams and Gal Gadot spoke up already about it numerous times. And I just, I found that really telling that like, if you compare some of the shots from both movies, including when the flash falls on Diana into her breasts, big difference because that doesn't happen in the Snyder cut. Mm. Just food for thought. The other thing I wanted to talk about is like, before we kind of like peel apart the movie, I know you didn't watch the epilogue, which gives it gives me a harder time talking about this, but yeah, just talk about it a day later. They were like, Zack Snyder had said like, he had plans for a story for the justice league part two and part three and how he wanted to have like Superman go evil after um, Lois Lane dies because you know how Bruce turns around. And it's like, Oh no, I saw it in a dream that like Lois Lane is the key to everything. Right. And then mm-hmm. you see at the end of the movie, Batman in this like apocalyptic area when he wakes up from a dream, um, which is funny because he wakes up in this apocalyptic area or he's in this dream and he's got like a futuristic flash with like metal on his head, Mera, which means Aquaman has died. And Mm -hmm. for those who know or don't know, Amber Heard was also fired from everything. Water brothers because of her scenario with Johnny Depp and how like she was assaulting him, but blaming him. And they both lost a bunch of work. They both lost their WB contracts. So, I think that cost him the third movie in the uh, the Fantastic Beasts. Um, Deathstroke is there, and this is was super super weird because Deathstroke shows up on Lex Luthor's boat, and then Lex Luthor is like, "Yeah, well, to help you out, Batman is Bruce Wayne," and then Deathstroke is helping Batman. And the Joker's also part of this. And it was really, really bizarre. But he wanted to have it like this whole three-part series. I'm not going to pretend that I know an absolute ton about DC and their universe and what Snyder was really thinking 
But I will say that I don't know, even if a Justice League Part 2 were to ever happen, I'd rush out to see it. That was an awful lot of movie for me to take in. And like, I. It was too much. That's the problem. It was. There was too much going on. And it was so long that this was a problem that I had. Three hours in, I'm thinking, I do not remember any significant parts of the last three hours. Did you also kind of feel like you were watching it and you were just like, wow, I don't remember the first movie at all. Like I, I remembered like some parts of it. I think, I, I think there's enough from the, the 2017 version. Like, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I forgot so much of it that I thought it was very good that, um, they gave us a backstory about the boxes, what they did, and they showed where each of them was. They showed more showed more backstory about the war. But mm-hmm. the the whole extra Amazon scene where they collapse the Coliseum into the water to try and like protect everything and get away was really cool. I thought the cinematics were fantastic. But I also saw a lot of comparables online being like Avengers did this better. Avengers did this better. The Avengers was better. Yeah, well, Infinity War and Endgame were a two-part movie that was five and a half hours. But think about that, though. That was two parts. That was right. Like, they they shot the movie they wanted to shot or shoot. Disney left a bunch of stuff on the, the cutting room floor, which people are begging for a Russo cut. And just have it both released as like an eight-hour just extravaganza. See, though, that's the thing, though, the the Avengers Endgame and Infinity War together, those are, what was it, five hours? Uh, I think it's actually like 540, if I remember correctly. So, but they had a more coherent and engaging story, except for maybe the first half of um, Endgame. Uh, That was just like a good hour of them being all sad and mopey. But anyway, so in that, they managed to have a more coherent story than they did in the Snyder cut of justice league. And, and that's one movie in four hours. Like here's the thing though, if the original movie was so, I don't even want to say bad, but so kind of chopped up and not your original vision that you have to redo it. And, Oh, like double the runtime just to be able to get your story across, then your your movie's too long and your story is too convoluted. One hundred percent. Uh you you have no idea how I don't know. I got really excited to watch it. I had the day off. It wasn't like I planned it. I completely forgot, to be honest. And I was like, you know what? Chris is at work for the day. I'm going to like, I'm going to go do this. I think I played some disc golf in the morning. And then I was like, you know what? I'm going to have like a five hour window in the afternoon where I can watch the movie. Nobody's going to be home. She's not that interested anyway. So I'm going to watch it. And I sat down and I made myself a lunch and off to the races I go. And in the first hour, I learned more about cyborg and Aquaman 
or no cyborg and the flash maybe i don't i don't remember the order of the no movie that was already. like hour, that was like You're hour right. two it was like wanda it was wanda well it was wandavision and then wandavision and then wandavision and then WandaVision. the first the first hour is aquaman and wonder, wonder woman. woman yeah and she like and then the second hour is a little bit of cyborg and the flash and the flash and then the third hour is more of the more of cyborg and then the fourth hour is like the the final battle. But or the, so, I guess the third hour, sorry, is more cyborg and Superman. I'd be very curious, and I don't know if there's a, a counter online. But they said that there was about ten percent of the film, or thirty uh, thirty two minutes of slow motion for the Flash moving, which. Okay. Wait, wait, if we, that was just the flash or the whole movie slow motion? Uh, I think it was all slow motion because of the flash. If I, re- if I remember correctly. Now, if we're going to, that also doesn't make any sense. 10.35% of the whole film or 24 minutes and seven seconds was slow motion because of the flash. Let's talk about, so like, about like there's, there's a good like 10 minutes just at the beginning of the movie. That's in slow motion. Yeah, that's very true. You know, it's it doesn't make sense. Like, I understand that slow-mo is used to emphasize actions and kind of to draw your attention to important parts of the film. But in this case, it was used more for dramatic effect, and it just went on way too long. Now, for The Flash, and really with anything in in like slow motion generally what they do is they slow everything else down right and that 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 character is moving regular speed uh in this one the flash still kind of moves slower right but you can see that everything has kind of paused so that's how they kind of get around that he's moving slow-mo but then the world around him is paused almost um and for that kind of character it makes sense to do that but for everything else, it doesn't make sense. It just makes the movie drag on. Like so many other things in this movie, the slow-mo is probably one of the, the worst additions to the overall presentation. So I'm trying to find it right now just while we're kind of chatting about it. I don't recall Cyborg even being on the screen that much. In the original movie. Like you get no, that little bit of a really backstory. Have, he didn't really have much of a backstory. The only It was like his dad remember, like building him and then yeah, leaving the apartment. It was, it was more f- so to introduce him, but like he's the byproduct of his father's work with the cube thing. Yeah. Right. So they didn't really have they didn't really have any. Yeah, they didn't have any real backstory to Cyborg. So it was interesting. Uh, Here's the thing. The the most interesting parts of that movie that I found were the the backstory to Cyborg and his father and the Flash. Oh, I was like Cyborg's father was crazy, too. I like that storyline. Yeah. But like that, like that whole Cyborg father thing. I think that was uh, pretty good given that this was the first movie or the first time that there was screen time for cyborg characters and the flash. 
right? I don't know if the the Flash TV show was out when um, <laughs> it wasn't. A lot of pe- a lot of people were really like after the movie, and myself especially, I was just like, well, Grant Gustin's a better Flash. I will stay on that argument too. I think Grant Gustin is far better Flash. I don't believe Ezra Miller. I think Ezra Miller is a fantastic actor, but he's just not what you'd expect. Even out of like cartoon Barry Allen, he's just not there, you know? And like, yeah, you had, okay. You had two shots at this. You had the original cut that Joss did, and then you had your editing team do it. Why did his running look like the most ridiculous flaily thing I've ever seen in my entire life? Can you rail me that, please? That makes no sense. Because that's how the Flash runs. He's more of a flippy floppy. No, he's not. The Flash, if you look at the Flash, it's like arms are triangular and it's up, down, up, down, up, down. Not this weird, like, flailing thing. I personally hated that. I'm sorry. Well, um, yeah, no, it's more of like he's in this one. This, yeah, it. I don't know. It's kind of weird. It. They're trying to accentuate the motions as he's moving in slow mo, and the world's paused around him. And I think the only way to kind of do that is to make him look kind of flippy floppy, like a, a like a, a noodle. <laughs> like a noodle. Um. The. It's this movie is like a mixed bag. They there are some really good parts and there are some really bad parts, you know. But overall, and I've mentioned this many times before already, the movie's too long. But the problem is, is it's not it's not engaging enough to make the movie not seem too long. Um one movie that kind of came to mind when that's that's a really long movie is Watchmen. The this director's cut on crack version. Yeah. So, who was it Snyder that did that one? Um, Watchmen? Yeah. I mean, he is known for doing a bunch of stuff that I know wasn't that Yeah, um, he was. He he did he directed Watchmen. So, Watchmen, there was a theatrical cut and it was like a typical runtime for a movie in theaters, you know, two hours, something like that. But then there was, I know like there was some um, financial issues with that movie in the sense that have you, have you read the comics? Uh, No, I know a lot of people were like very into it at the time. Like people tried to get me to watch it. So the the comics, there's a another comic in the comic. There's a character in the comic book that is just kind of like a secondary character, not really significant, but it's kind of just like a side story uh, where he's reading a, a comic in there. And so it was interesting that there is this story within a story. So Snyder wanted to do this short film, um, which was, what was it called? Curse of the Black pearl or something like that um he wanted to do it in the style of 300 which was another one of his movies that was very very popular and um cinematically uh and visually it was groundbreaking at the time right Mm -hmm. so he wanted to do this second story as 
uh, in a similar style to 300. But with budget constraints and all that stuff, it ended up being an animated feature. So, which was another about half hour, 40 minutes. Um, so they released this separately. You could buy it separately on, uh, or came in the pack with Watchmen. But then they released the director's cut, which had extra stuff. But then there was like the extended director's cut, which actually had scenes that they shot and recorded that led into this second story, this animated feature. So watching the the ultimate director's cut of Watchmen, the movie itself is about three and a half hours long. But because the pacing isn't horrible and the story itself is a little more coherent, it doesn't feel like it's three and a half hours long. Um, because those are new characters that didn't really have any previous backstory, they had to, especially for... Uh, the theatrical cut, they had to explain the characters and their history and somehow connect them all to like the main problem in the movie in a shorter amount of time. Uh, The stuff that was cut clearly was just kind of little bits of odds and ends here that could have helped or that did help with some character development, but wasn't directly needed. Mm -hmm. And then, so I really enjoy watching. I, I thought Watchmen was a really good movie. Uh, the ending was very different than what's in the comic books. The comics, you know, there's like this giant uh, like space squid thing or whatever that attacks them. In the movie, it's different. But watching the ultimate director's cut with that added um, like short story in there, it it breaks the movie up and it gives you something else to like that reinvigorates your attention. Um, because it, it's displayed in short little bits, like five minute segments, yeah. and then it goes back to the movie, right? So it's kind of like right when the movie might be or might be getting stale, it goes into this other segment, and you're like, "Oh, this is new content. I like, I'm interested in watching this." And then it goes back into the movie, and you're like, "Okay, I've, I want to see more of that." And then, you know, a half hour later, it goes in, gives you a little more, bit more snippets of that. So that worked. That movie did not feel like it was three and a half hours long. The problem with Justice League is that they try and break it up into parts, right? Like part one, two, three, four. Like, but it doesn't really make sense. It doesn't actually, the, the story just continues, right? Like there's nothing that, Nothing significant that is like, okay, we're in part three. Something good's going to happen. No, it's just going to continue off literally from where it was 30 seconds before. And the title cards were so ominous. Like, come on. Well, and that's the thing. Like, you think that you, you would think that it would lead up to something significant, right? They, they didn't even have to have title cards. They could have literally just had it say part two and with no subtitle on there. And it would have done the same thing. It was near the three hour mark. I kept looking at the clock. <laughs> I mean, like, holy shit, I have an hour left to go. Um, Angela was in the room when I started it and I had paused it because I had to go to the washroom. I was like, you know what? I might as well just pause it, go to the washroom, come back. And she 
<laughs> she saw the screen and she's like, holy shit. It's still got three hours left. And I'm like, yeah, that's a four hour movie. <laughs> so then she went, went to bed. <laughs> oh, and you had like the way Crave had it too. Like it didn't count down. It just said like you're at hour 1.5 or 150 of 402. And you're like, oh, come on. Count down, <sighs> yeah. please. Like, um, just they could have honestly, they could have released this as a, like a six part series. They probably could have. They could have done episodic. Honestly, and we're going to talk about Falcon and the Winter Soldier sh- shortly. He could have released this an hour at a time. And <laughs> been okay with it. Yeah. Um, there was a scene, another one of the controversial scenes, and it was a lot of because I think Joss Whedon just hated the actor who played Victor Stone or Cyborg. But I went and I just looked it up because I was reading about it. But Diana Prince meets Victor Stone for the first time. If you watch that original scene, Right. Mm-hmm. And, and at the, the minute, I'll say 35 mark, I just sent it to you uh, for those who are listening and you want to check it out, follow it along. But at the minute 35 mark, you, you have, or we'll, we'll start it even um, earlier. So 129, you see Diana Prince walking down the street. Again, they show a shot of her backside and that's what Joss was doing. And then Diana turns around. Now, in the Snyder cut of this film, have you? St- are you at one thirty six yet? In in this clip, yeah, yeah. So, do you remember what happens next in the Snyder cut? Because it was a pretty fantastic scene. Uh, he just kind of like he flies. Yeah, in. he like flies in. Yeah, he play. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He just kind of walks in slowly. He just shows up on screen. He's like, "Oh, hey, face to face, man." Like, Joss ruined this character. Like, I remember leaving the the movie being like, well, at least I like Gal Gadot. Wonder Woman will be cool. Like, don't get me wrong. I support a lot of what Gal Gadot does because, A, she's in a lot of good movies. Or at least decent movies that I enjoy. Like, she's in the Fast and the Furious movies. So, like, I've seen Mm -hmm. her there. I really enjoyed Wonder Woman, number one. Number two, I mean, it, it... it's going to win a Razzie, not for her work in it, but I I was talking to Chris about this the other night when we, when we saw that clip of like her, her derriere versus the, the Snyder cut, which was more Bruce Wayne than her. Mm-hmm. And she was like, she was appalled. She was like, yeah, I understand that like sex sells. And like, we both agreed that Gal Gadot is probably one of the most beautiful women on the planet. But we also understood, like, she's been a model. She was she won Miss Universe before she became an actor. And, like, she's worked hard to get into these movies. Like, Wonder Woman is no joke of a casting, right? Like, superhero movies are in right now. Getting one of the biggest superheroes of all time, doesn't matter what brand you like. Getting that is a huge honor and accomplishment for your career. Unless it's the Hulk because they, or Spider-Man apparently, which they change all the time for her value to be more based on her physical appearance versus the actual content of the movie ruined a lot of this movie. Now that I've seen a lot of these clips again, Mm -hmm. because it's like, it's not about the context anymore. And that that's the one thing that I, I kind of really wish 
if it was possible, the Russos could take all the footage from Age of Ultron and just cut together a movie. They could do whatever they want with uh, the animation, right? Because all the CG is just in front of green screen. But it'd be amazing to see what the movie would look like with him. And I know for... I shouldn't say I know for a fact, like I intimately know Scarlett Johansson. But she was pregnant through parts of filming and part, or I think it was parts of the reshoot. So like there was a lot of chunks of scenery where she had like the shield in front of her stomach and stuff and all on the motorcycle. I believe that was a movie. She was all pregnant, which Joss probably hated. So yeah, that's they, they just made her wear a corset and, you know, squished everything in. Squished uh, <laughs> um, my biggest gripe with out of everything, out of everything that they added to these characters in um, Justice League. And I know that they could not fix this because a lot of this stuff was already shot, right? And they can't kind of go back and reshoot the entire movie with all of the actors and everything. Um, and this is one thing that the Marvel movies have gotten right, right from the beginning, is that they use practical effects or practical costumes for all of their actors in to some extent, right? Like not saying that a lot of them don't have a lot of, you know, 3d CGI stuff, but all of like the human characters have at least some practical, like some actual costume that they're wearing. If you look at the behind the scenes footage of the recording or filming of, um, justice league cyborg i forget the guy's name his actor is literally wearing like uh, a red light on his chest and a a little light like right near his eye his entire costume in the movie is cg and i don't know if like you if you notice this or if you feel the same way but when he's talking Oh, it looked the, off. It does not look right. Like it, it looks like bad CG uh, around his like face and on his chin. It's like why couldn't they have given him at least a like a, a a helmet of sorts to make it look like he's actually wearing uh, a metallic headpiece, right? You know, uh, Vision is a prime example of this. You know, or Drax uh, or Gamora, anybody who's color. Um, I don't want to say colored as in like a, like a, a skin pigment, but anybody who has like the paint on their body, right? Yeah. Well, like uh, I, I'm just saying vision in particular, because he has the um, very prominent features of like metal, um, like not shielding, but like metal plates and stuff like that, that is, is making his head. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, they, they did that right. Like they could have done something like that for cyborg and it would have made the character look more natural and actually fit into the world. He looks more CG than he does real. Like they, they gave the flash a actual costume, you know, he's, he's wearing his, his outfit, 
but literally, if you look at what what is this? He's wearing a green screen suit with straps on it that have different markers. You yeah, know, like yeah, the black dot markers. I'm looking at it right now, tr- like the mocap to do on tracking it, yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah, it's ridiculous, and you know, a big part of making movies and having superheroes interact with each other is those practical effects because unless you're like one of the greatest actors of all time, it's still going to be very difficult to give a realistic and compelling uh, performance if you don't have those things to interact with, you know, and this is, you know, what an issue that we had with the prequels for star Wars, right? Majority of those movies were shot in front of a green screen. Right. So like people weren't really interacting with anything and it, it was obvious, especially on some of the scenes with, you know, where they're riding on different, you know, like mounts, different vehicles, different animals and stuff like that. It's difficult to give a more compelling performance. And these are fairly new unknown actors, right? Like clearly they've done some work in the past in order to get these um, get cast for these positions. But, you know, that's like asking someone to just play pretend, you know, be this character that we're trying to understand, but you know, you have to pretend to be them and you have to pretend that you have this metallic arm that turns into a gun, but it's just still going to be your hand and you have to make pew pew sounds yourself. Yeah, um, and the the one parallel that I think makes a lot of sense to that is the difference between Cyborg and, let's say, Tony Stark, who they still had the mocap on his hand, which blended into the Pulsar, but he also mm-hmm. wore, like, the hockey pad kind of, like, Iron Man top. Mm-hmm. And they used it in filming. And that's the thing is, like, s- still give the actors something to interact with, something so that their motions can be more natural, right? Like, because yeah. uh, you'll have a much m- greater range of motion if you're just wearing a T-shirt with some black dots on it, as opposed to if you wanted someone to f- act as if they're wearing a suit of armor. Yeah, like, there was right? definitely Give no them that suit of armor to wear so that they interact more naturally with their costume. Yeah, the the Flash outfit also, I mean, because I watched the television series, it just didn't look good to me. It looked very different. I don't know. But like the the whole movie is very, or it's shot very different, or sorry, it was edited together incredibly different than the way it was originally. But yeah, I, I don't know which bat, or behind the scenes you were looking at, but I, I've just gotten to the point just while it's been kind of cruising through where they're showing the mocap on him and how they built the skeleton around it. And it it just looks Mm -hmm. clunky. And I mean, costume design aside, because I think Mm -hmm. they also totally answered the question as to how Diana could apparently also sort of fly because they all had the ability to kind of fly except Batman. Apparently it was there. Mm -hmm. There was so much going on in that movie where it was just like, what is really happening right now? And what do I remember? What don't I remember? And why am I still watching this? Um, 
<laughs> I, I and that's the thing. The movie is so long that it makes it very difficult to remember what was going on. Yeah, the, the, I, I will probably watch it again, but parsected into two. A lot of people did, and I, I will agree. I went from like a four to an eight. I can't give this a ten. And like, there's some people out there who are like, oh my God, DC finally did it. They made a masterpiece. No, DC made a movie. They made they remade a four-hour movie that could have been done in two hours. Joss or um Zack Snyder wanted to beat the Russos. That was his only goal in mind when he did that. He was like, Oh, I could make it four hours. It was three and a half hours with all that slow motion. You didn't need some of the fluff you put into that movie. Yes, what is was it great that we got backstory for even like the Aquaman and a little bit of the extra like village stuff. And the fact that we actually got to see Amber Heard before she got fired and Willem Dafoe, like I forgot Willem Dafoe was supposed to be in that movie. And I haven't even seen Aquaman mm-hmm. because he's like one of my least favorite characters, but I will give it now a little bit of a chance because Jason Momoa actually killed it in this movie. The, the best part, and the worst part were the actors. They paid big money to have uh, a cast that would be similar to the Avengers. And if you look at the Avengers from when it came out in 2010 to now, the five it started off with was somebody regaining his career status in Robert Downey Jr. He had two movies behind him with uh, in the MCU. He just did... Well, I didn't realize this until the other night, but... You know, when he did Iron Man 1, he also released Tropic Thunder. They came out in the same year. Mm-hmm. Or no, came out one year later because Tropic Thunder yeah. was 2008. Iron Man was 2009, I believe. Yeah, M- might as well have been the same year, though. Yeah. Anyways, so if you're looking at the comparables for where they were in their career versus where they are now. So you had Robert Downey Jr., your second most popular actor in the first Avengers film. It might have been at the time either Scarlett Johansson or Mark Ruffalo. Not saying Chris Evans didn't have a good start to his career. He already had a lot of like um, character work. Um, he did Not Another Teen Movie. He did The Losers, which is a fantastic superhero comic book movie. If you ever want to watch that, it's great. Have you seen that movie or shall I continue? Uh, yeah, no, I've seen it. Him and Zoe Saldana. Before they were like before her avatar. Anyways. Yes. So we have like you'd look at Mark Ruffalo and he did bigger things at the time, which would have, I think, put him on the map a little bit. Plus, they wanted to get a good Hulk. They wanted to replace the Hulk with somebody who was like a household name. Scarlett Johansson was already skyrocketing in in like household name appearance and just she was an A-lister. Chris Evans was getting there. Jeremy Renner was kind of the unknown, but he was in a lot of stuff. And Chris Hemsworth, again, he did Thor one and people were like, oh, cool. Like, like, oh, he's this hot actor. He's this, he's that. That's what you originally had. The parallels, Robert Downey Jr. Okay. Well, we're going to obviously go Batman. What's your parallel? Ben Affleck. Okay. So, Ben Affleck has some Oscars behind him. I don't think Robert Downey Jr. does. Robert Downey Jr. probably has more money. Ben Affleck also has things like Argo and Goodwill Hunting. Ben Affleck has made some pretty good movies, though. Yeah, no, I, I, I would probably argue Ben Affleck is the better actor. 
Yes. I wasn't I wasn't about to start that. I think Ben Affleck. No, I just mean like Ben Affleck before he decided that he was going to do be be Batman. Uh he already had a a pretty good track record of some really good movies. Argo being one of them. Um, the town. Um, there was shit. I can draw a blank now. There was a third one that he was in that it was really good, um, but um, was he in um, Gone he was, Girl? Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was in Gone Girl. Yeah. That movie was great. Yeah. And so, you know, I really actually like Ben Affleck. Was Batman. he Jersey Girl? He was in the Kevin Smith one. Yeah, he was also in um um uh what's it called? Mall Rats. I think yeah. he had a pit. But uh I I really enjoy Ben Affleck's Batman and I wish that they would he would do a standalone or well not anymore because he's not playing Batman anymore. He he might. Are, they might be able to pull him back, who knows. I would love to see a standalone Batman film with Ben Affleck as Batman because his Batman was a lot more like gritty and violent kind of like old Batman in the comics. who doesn't give a F and will actually kill people. Um, I, I think, I think the, the problem overall, because we got to talk about something good is this, this movie itself was clearly made for the diehard DC fans. It was fan service. It's, uh, I'm going to read some comments from probably the biggest fanboys, one in particular that I've ever, ever met in my life. Uh, two comments. This is the first one before they had even seen the movie. Got a subscription to see this incredible masterpiece of a comic film. Thank you, God. And a really big thank you to DC comic fans or to DC comic fan base for the fight we did to get our movie done properly. First off, there was no fight. <laughs> yeah. You know, it was like his was daughter talks, died. Like <laughs> there was talks of a rumor that, you know, there was a Snyder cut that he'd been working on one for a while, you know, and as these rumblings kind of became more vocal, then yes, it was more of a, okay, release the Snyder cut. Right. But I really like the thank you, God, part of that one because religion had a thing to do with this. And now this is the post-watching comment. And and this is exactly who this movie was made for. The people who are undyingly loving DC stuff. Justice League was incredible, all in caps locks. I can't believe that all the fighting we did as fans got to see the film. I'm going to read this as it's written. There's zero punctuation, just so you guys know. Uh, (laughs) I can't believe that all the fighting we did as fans got to see the film that was meant to be. And my God, what a real film this was compared to the trash that came out four years ago. I've never been more proud to be a DC Comics fan. Thank you, Zack Snyder and Warner Bros. for bringing this to us. This is the best comic book film to me that is up there between Wonder Woman, Aquaman, and Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice, director's cut. So we all know here that this guy has not watched any (coughs) Avengers movies or 
I mean, fact that the fact that he has selected three of the worst superhero movies made in the last, you know, 15 years as some of the top movie, like comic book movies, this, and this is what it comes down to. This is the fanboys that this movie is meant for. And I think that is why we didn't really enjoy it as much as we were hoping because we weren't the demographic for the movie. Yeah. And just, I know we want to move forward with it. I, I just really wanted to finish out that, that parallels. I'll, I'll try and plow through it quickly. And I agree with you 100% because we were the demographic for it when they were like, when they introduced Bruce Wayne at the end of Suicide Squad and Bruce Wayne and Batman will be in the flash, which makes me think it's going to be more of a flashpoint movie. You didn't see the epilogue, so you wouldn't know, but I think that's what it's going to, um, flashpoint is a very, very famous comic line by DC. Mm-hmm. There's, um, a justice league, um, animated, um, I guess movie, that does flashpoint incredibly well where you get like old Bruce Wayne or you get Thomas Wayne and a bunch of other like crazy stuff mm-hmm. just going through the parallels and I'll, I'll plow through. Cause I know we have uh, more fun stuff to talk about. You've got your, your next level, right? So we're going to talk about Chris Evans and Superman or Chris Evans and Henry Cavill Superman versus Captain America, both icons in their own, right? Henry Cavill has been an action star for as long as I can remember. I don't remember him ever being anything sappy or with a, a ton of range, which I'm, I apologize to Mr. Cavill, but what was the last thing you remember watching where you actually felt something that he was in? Who? Henry Cavill. Superman. Um, he was in uh, Mission Possible Fallout. Yeah, so is that a, a serious movie or an action movie? A, well, Mission no. Impossible, those have been serious movies. All of his movies are like... yes. Mission Impossible is serious business. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and he was in the TV show The Witcher. Okay. Oh, yeah. yeah. I would say that's probably the most, most serious. In, I don't... I don't like, his body of work is less impressive than Mr. Evans. I'll put it to you that way you look down the list at the next one. Mm-hmm. Like they have Oscar nominated, but never won Amy Adams as a secondary character, which until later Avengers movies, they didn't even need to bring in that kind of like extra firepower. Like if you're looking at age of Ultron, they brought in a relatively unknown, like Elizabeth Olsen, but they brought, they like also brought Paul Bettany to life and used James Spader. So they, they, they had these big actors come in but they weren't to play somebody's girlfriend or wife. They did that in civil war or no, it was age of Ultron with Linda Cardinelli. There's your, your parallel, I guess kind of, um, I guess you have Gwyneth Paltrow's pepper pot. So that would be kind of the same thing. Um, Gal Gadot versus Scarlett Johansson. I think Gal Gadot has had an, a, a little bit more of a, an interesting career. She doesn't have a ton of acting credits behind her. Um, a lot more like voice work, but like, oh, wonder what Justice League Part Two. She's been announced as Diana Prince. 
Huh. Who? Gal Gadot. Oh, surprise. She's continuing her role as Wonder Woman. Yeah, and Wonder Woman 3. But in other word, in other news, water is still wet. Yep, that's true. But like the Fast and the Furious, she hasn't done a lot at that point in her career. ScarJo has gone a lot further. And if you go out the final two, you got Jason Momoa, who really rose to fame after being Cal Drago and Game of Thrones versus Chris Hemsworth, which I think might have been a little bit more. I, I think he might have had the advantage on that one. I don't really know. Do you know much about Chris Hemsworth's career? I know he was in not another teen movie. No, that's Chris Evans. Oh, wait, who are we talking about? Chris Hemsworth. He was in oh, the Ghostbusters, yeah. but that was long before. So before 2009, he was in nothing. Like, just nothing. I'm looking at it now. He was in a TV series called Home and Away. Then he played George Kirk in the Star Trek movie. And then he start, he did Thor in 2011. So he was unknown. So he cost Marvel not a lot. And then you have the Ray Fisher versus Mark Ruffalo. We're not even going to count Hawkeye. And we, like, Mark Ruffalo has won Oscars. So, or he's at least been nominated for a bunch of Oscars. Have you seen um, Dark Waters? Is that his new one? It, it came out, uh, I want to say, like, two years ago. Like, end of 2019, maybe. Uh, it's based off of a very true story um, of a chemical plant that was kind of poisoning uh, community's water. And he was looking into it because he's a defense lawyer or whatever, corporate defense lawyer. Anyways, great, great movie with my man, Mark Ruffalo. The, it was um, invigorating. The only two people that are... Um, on the Justice League Part 2 as confirmed actors are Joe Magniello as Deathstroke and um, Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman. So there you go. Um, how would I rate it? I would give it an 8 out of 10. I think rewatchability is probably a 7 for me. Like I, I could see myself just being like, I'm going to throw this on in the background if I've got a bunch of stuff to do all day. Presentation by far was a lot better. I thought it was very like visually compared to even the original cut visually stunning and just overall, I guess, story and actors, another solid eight. It was, it was a pretty good movie. I'll give it that. And you didn't Um, even finish it from what I would, what I saw. It's too long. I forget too long. (laughs) Would I watch it again? Yes, it no. might be like a background thing. Like if you're having a party and you're like, you know what? Let's throw this movie on so that we have some background noise and nobody wants to listen to music. That's what it would be. I will. Um, the one comment I laughed at. Um, sorry. Yeah. Presentation value and story. Okay. So the one thing that I kind of laughed at is like uh, I a friend of mine reviewed it in their own words by saying Zack Snyder's justice league is now my favorite superhero movie of all time. Being a DC guy, my whole life, this was a movie we deserved. This is a universe we should still be getting. It's night and day, a different movie. Okay. So I think DC people are kind of like PC versus console, Apple versus PC, all that kind of stuff. There's no win or lose. It's just play. Mm -hmm. So you want to talk about something happier? You done with the uh, the sadness 
I mean, it wasn't super sad. It was okay. Like, it's not a horrible movie, but it's it, unless you're a diehard DC fan, you you might not enjoy it as much. Like, I'm excited for James Gunn's Suicide Squad, but that's different because James Gunn is awesome. Yeah, and that one has a pretty interesting cast. All right, guys, um, mark it down. Sorry, go ahead. Spoiler alert. Yeah, spoiler alert. We need to make a sound. Falcon and the Winter Soldier dropped. What did you think? We we again did the dance where we didn't talk about it. I actually, to be completely honest with you, I totally forgot that it came out. So we didn't actually watch it until I think it was Sunday. Um, and I have to say, that is how you do a first episode of a series. It was so good, right? <laughs> In comparison to WandaVision's first two episodes, there was more content and they set up more for what the hell is going to go on in this series and what the characters are struggling with. They did more of that in the first episode than WandaVision did in the first four. You know, I didn't feel like I needed a Sam backstory for his family, but man... Instead of a backstory, they gave us a current story from what happened after the blip. And I thought that was really unique. What it does is it, it humanizes the character, right? Like it shows that, um, he is not just this like rich, you know, superhero. And I like how they touched on that, how like they're trying to get a loan from the bank and they're like, don't you have a, ton of money like don't they pay you and he's he says that it's more of a you know goodwill volunteer kind of thing which i think is a super important part of what makes this uh character in the story more believable and engaging because we can connect with that you know everyone has money problems at some point in their life and you know, we watch these superhero movies and money's never an issue in anything, right? Like there's always that rich dude that funds everything, right? They have all this like amazing new super expensive tech, but now that he's kind of back into his own world, his personal life, they are struggling and he is, they're trying to make ends meet, right? And so he is now trying to deal with that personal aspect but then also he's kind of haunted by uh captain america and you know giving up the shield and the death of his friend yeah and the death of his friend right uh and i i think that is a really like it was really interesting it started off with a like a great scene like we see falcon and i'm gonna be honest with you i'm not a huge fan of either of these characters i think bucky is a piece of trash um (laughs) i still have sour like bad taste from um what was it captain america 2 where he spends the whole time yeah whole time trying to find bucky and he just like cries over him the whole time like i i just don't like the character but i don't understand how these two characters are going to connect. Um, and the first episode kind of sets up what they're dealing with individually, which I think was really good. They didn't just throw the characters in and like, they're all buddy, buddy working on stuff together. Right. 
they're all both in a rut. Um, like I said, Falcon, whatever his name is in the, the series, uh, he's dealing with his own personal life, trying to get his life back together. Uh, his sister doesn't want anything to do with him because he hasn't been around for five years, even though, you know what? I don't quite get, she's mad at him cause he wasn't around for five years, but he wasn't even around like physically yeah, to him. It was five hours. Right. But like, she's all like, Oh, you weren't here. And it's like, you should be more happy that he's trying to help you. Um, and then with, uh, with Bucky, you know, he is trying to make amends. You know what that reminded me of Billy Madison. <laughs> and you know how he's like calling the, calling all of his, the guys that he made fun of. In yeah. School? <laughs> he's just apologizing. <laughs> right. So that's what Bucky's doing. And, um, it shows like his struggle. Because he, for so long, was a like uh, a tool of war and evil, and now he is trying to be good and live a normal life. So I'm really interested to see how this goes, and I bet some people are disappointed that I enjoyed this. Um, I'm honestly <laughs> not because I think it'll be uh, it'll be a little bit nicer for me to go over it with you if you're engaged in it. With that being said. The, 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 the Marvel callbacks are like, I don't know if somebody's sitting there in Feige's office and the writer's like, Hey, can we reference this? And then somebody like goes through a scroll to find it. Mm -hmm. But that's the second time that they've talked about Avengers having money issues, unless they lived on the Avengers compound. Because if you remember in, again, it was possibly age of Ultron or civil war. Mm -hmm. Excuse me, uh, Steve Rogers is talking about how he can't afford a place in Brooklyn, right? Oh, so that would have been at the beginning of Age of Ultron. Because then they end up living at the Avengers compound, um, opposed to downtown where the tower was, because it got all fucked up by Ultron. Mm -hmm. But again, super crazy. Like, they're like, hey, we're going to go back and reference this very obscure little part about Steve Rogers and bring it to the forefront. The thing I really appreciated the most about like Sam Wilson's like arc is I can't remember the the kid's name, but his like Air Force, I guess, partner. Um, they they're they're building him into be the new Falcon. You can already feel that based on the fact that you know Sam Wilson will eventually become Captain America because that's the way the show's designed, mm-hmm. and the fact that the show brought back the very beginning, like the first movie Sam Wilson arrived in or appeared in was um, Captain America and the winter soldier. George St. Pierre's character was the bad guy at the beginning of that movie. And I said it to Chris, when we were watching it. I watched Sam Wilson, like literally do the little salute, then jump off the plane. Exactly like that movie started. Mm -hmm. And then it was like a really good surprise to see him like fighting the same villain. Thought that was really, really cool. As for the Bucky storyline, I didn't, I thought he actually dreamt that. I didn't think that he killed that kid. And that kind of like shook me a little bit because Bucky's supposed to be like this good guy, right? Like he lived in Wakanda. Everything was like, all fine. And then like, we knew he was brainwashed in civil war and that's what kind of caused that whole thing. Mm -hmm. But he killed his neighbor's kid without even realizing he did it. And then he realized at the end of the episode, after he had that really awkward date, very good. Um, 
so this is what six episodes six episodes we have five left so in in one episode they managed to do like literally set up everything for the next five um so we pretty much know what people's problems what they're dealing with individually and then at the very end they just drop that bomb that you know united states government has recast uh captain america and the guy looks super fucking nerdy in that costume like he looked like a nerd but yeah, i guess he's that's the just guy from, that's um kurt russell's son wyatt russell yeah um so i like how the episode ended with that it it ended on like a cliffhanger obviously it's a tv show but it ended in a satisfactory way that we know exactly what the problem is you know um and and i'm excited to see the next one i'm i'm honestly i have I have big hopes for this, this series. Um, I think that it will do a very good job at, I'm, I'm hoping that it will do a good job at setting up the next uh, phase in the MCU for like the films and stuff like that. Um, because WandaVision did not do that. Um, later on in this, the series, yeah, it did get better. But overall, I think it didn't do much for the universe in general. All it did was expand on that one individual character. Yeah, I think WandaVision was designed to set up a movie where this or Falcon and the Winter Soldier is designed to set up a franchise. Mm-hmm. Because you're going to be able to, like, Anthony Maggie is also not that young. Like, he's, I think he's older than Chris Evans. And to start as, like, Captain America 4 is kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, and, and one last thing before we tie things up, you know what I really, really appreciate for this, uh, at least the first episode. Um, no, this is my biggest, my biggest issue with pretty much every episode of WandaVision. Oh, it was 50 minutes and it was actually 50 minutes. Yeah. The credits was maybe like six minutes, which is understandable for like a significant, you know almost a feature film like this um but the the runtime was actually pretty good you know you sit down and it says like 53 minutes and you expect the episode to be at least 45 and it was you're totally right like there was just before that bucky reveal at the end of the episode right you lose track of how much time you've watched because so much had already happened Mm mm-hmm and you're just like, oh, okay, okay, what's going on? What's going on? And then I saw the new Captain America, and I, I knew that was coming based off even the trailer and the whole, like, he's running onto the football field or whatever. But mm-hmm. as soon as I saw that moment, I'm like, now the episode's over. And I kind of, like, snapped back into reality that, like, time was running out on the episode. But well, I was, was funny fully because, immersed. Because uh, at one point, I ended up, you know, pressing a button on the controller um, just to see how much was left in the episode. And we were only about halfway through and I was like, holy shit, like this is actually really good because I was enjoying it that I didn't want it to end. But you know, one division had, it was pretty much right where it was 
potentially getting good, it just ended, right? So they didn't do that with this episode. Um, thumbs up for me. I think it was uh, a pretty solid film. Yeah. Did you also notice um, you're not spending a bunch of time trying to figure out clues for what's coming next? You know things are obviously going to come, but it didn't seem like an Easter egg hunt. I didn't even watch the Easter egg video after. I wanted to talk to you without doing all those. But I think it didn't need an Easter egg hunt because all of the important information that you needed to know that was important to the story that kept pushing it forward was presented to you either directly from someone saying it or what was happening on the screen. And I'm, I agree with that. And I don't think that, you know, some people might think that, oh, well, you know, David just wants them to spoon feed the information. And that's not what I want. Like, and I said this many times before when we were discussing one vision, if you have to look into what something means, if you have to read up on it online or watch kind of breakdown videos, it doesn't make for a good show. Um, You did mention that. Yeah. I think what this show did so well, the first episode is that all of the information that we wanted to know, or some things that we didn't even that we weren't necessarily thinking of, but they told us. And that's kind of like sparks the thought of like, Oh, okay. Like that's an interesting point. I want to know more about that. And then they expand on that. And I think they've done that really well with this. And um, like, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to keep watching this. I'm, uh, me yeah. too. Me too. But yeah, that's uh, that's everything for this episode. We we had a good time. I enjoyed myself talking about the Snyder Cut. Um, something like that we could have probably gone on for four hours talking about. Really broke it down, but we're not going to. Yeah, because we're, uh, we're smart individuals and we cut it down. <laughs> so that's everything for this episode. We want to thank you guys for joining us as always. Uh, for myself, David, and my lovely co-host here, Sean. Uh, Be sure to check out our past episodes. Give us a like on Instagram. Follow us on Facebook. And is our TikTok up and running yet? Not quite. Not yet? Okay. In the next uh, little while, our TikTok's coming up. And I do want to make sure that you guys are very well, very aware of our YouTube channel because in the coming days, we're going to have some board game unboxing videos and some other content for you on there. So until next time, guys, this was the scene on screen podcast. Peace.